Hello and welcome to the Three Innings Save podcast. We're back after a longer break than we want, but we really didn't miss, like, had we recorded when we were maybe going into a week, uh, not much, not much different. We actually have more to talk about now. We, I think we made a, a silent pact that we would not record until Jason Hayward was back with the Dodgers. And then, well, technically he's not back because it's not official yet, but he's back. He's, uh. He's rejoining the Dodgers uh, per many reports, and uh, yeah, so we, we do have something to talk about, and plus the winter meetings are coming like within a few days, so like we have just like, it, it's it's better time to do a more general overview um, of stuff, so yeah, we, we, we got some Dodger stuff to talk about. So yeah, and just general baseball stuff to get caught up on and kind of get us a... Uh warmed up for uh what what this well, you know i'll talk about it later but the winter meetings are coming and we're going to talk about just kind of the pace of off seasons and how they can be really different year to year and we'll talk about how this one's going how we think next week might look and then it's been too long it's time for questions for craig you know at the end of the show but first a bit of business and then we'll be back the legends are true but overwhelming power the sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice though, they really mean flavor. Like in your face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either, but it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice, anything but subtle. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So let's let's break this down. Where do you want to start? Should we just kind of like, for those of you who don't know what the winter meet, I've like you know it's really you've been to the winter meetings before, right? You've you've it's gone twice, twice, yeah, twice before. Actually, both in San Diego. When I first started really serious, I knew like I didn't know what like I'm like it's when stuff happens. That's all they actually knew, and it, it always seems like kind of silly and archaic to me that you need to have this weekend yeah. where you're all in the hotel day. but you know i go to i go to conferences and so there i and of the the community that gets built there i guess it's kind of similar it's just funny that it turns into like 
let's play uh, let's play the show with our franchises and, and get a lot of stuff done over over a four day period. It it is like that. It's really weird because I would you know up until maybe I would say like fifteen years ago is probably when the tipping point started where everyone's more online. So like, uh, there's less, there's still in person stuff, obviously like the teams are, you know, the teams are like all doing stuff upstairs in suites. Like they're going back and forth, you know, that, uh, that kind of stuff. I would like, uh, yeah, I I have no, uh, I think, uh, I think it wasn't, I think the giants actually were hiring at a work conference. I was at, uh, for, uh, analytic stuff. Obviously I did not apply, Uh, (laughs) but if the Dodgers ever did, I like, I think I'm like, would I take a pick just to like, uh, to quasi paraphrase Hamilton, just to be in the room where, you know, where it's all, where it all happens. And just to like get an idea of what that's actually like, because it seems so hidden from us. Uh, and then I'd go somewhere else. But I think from a media standpoint, it, it is sort of, I don't want to, devolved is a strong word, but like it it really has become more of a, oh, meeting like some of your friends in media, you know, like, yeah. you, you know, or catching up like with sort of people you might not see a lot during the, but it's like everyone's just kind of there, right? Like, um, so there's that, there's, there's very, it's, it's, uh, it's a huge, um, like, in uh, meeting spot for like those in the industry like every year there's like a job fair like um uh minor league announcers will 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 be there trying to like uh angle for a job and like they'll they'll uh you know maybe meet have some connections set up or something there but yeah it's a lot of just sort of um getting together but like it's weird because there's a big giant media room and it's essentially like (laughs) in some cases like you're basically just doing what you would be doing at home. You're just in the room with like a bunch of other media people. Like, you know, it, it's just a, it's a little bit of a weird setup, but I think I got spoiled because the first winter meetings I was at was 2014 in San Diego. And that was the first one I'd ever been to. And so that's the first year of the, the Andrew Friedman, Farhan Zaidi uh, front office for the Dodgers. And they were, uh, the most active they that was when they uh they uh the some of the deals didn't get completed until after the winter meetings but they were basically all done that was where we got in the sort of the local beat reporters will probably meet with the team like some executive from the team probably maybe not every day but one roughly once a day like maybe two or three times total um and in like the first night <laughs> the quote was i don't remember the exact quote but essentially farhan zaidi like talking about the d gordon rumors like d is our second baseman you know that kind of thing and then literally the next day he was traded to the marlins <laughs> and uh and, and of course that deal is so like it's it's big now because you look think about it, like literally austin barnes is still around like he was he was in the kike hernandez came in that trade they tra- they like threw Dan Heron in and paid his entire salary. Like it was just like a real like reshaping of stuff that, and then they, they had, um, they got Andrew Heaney in that deal famously, and then simultaneously traded him to the angels for Howie Kendrick. <laughs> they, um, they traded Matt Kemp for, he has Grandal, uh, in a, in a big deal. And that, that deal, it was just a very, 
it was just a whirlwind, man. Like it was, it was crazy. So like to have that be your my like first one to me is like, oh, this is like the the most active thing ever. Yeah, but this I, just it, happens. It, this is what, it, what happens. And I think since then, like they maybe had like maybe that total number of transactions like in every winter meeting since you know like that kind of a thing but it is still it is still pretty good um but there's stuff there's the rule five draft that is not exciting i would say but it, it was something nice to see in person you just to be in the room but like you're they're just you know saying it stuff at a podium it's there's no one it's not like the players are there you know like we're taking such and such minor leaguer and the minor leaguer like walks in hey guys like you know it's <laughs> nothing like that but um that's interesting um but yeah it's just like just and people like in and around baseball will like show up sometimes like players will show up like say like john lester i think was at the 2014 winter meetings he ended up being the big signing i don't remember if he he signed with the cubs during the winter meetings or not but like there there was so much buzz around him like you never know who will just kind of kind of randomly show up so it was kind of cool so that sets the stage for this year now before we should we could catch up on the uh, the Dodgers and maybe just the um, um the league in general just to kind of get an idea of of who's still out there and most most players but there have been a couple big starting pitching signings outside of the Dodgers realm and the Dodgers have made some some small moves small to medium maybe I'll say so um the Hayward deal like I said is not yet completed but so just setting the stage so last year it was the last year of his eight-year deal with the Cubs um it was eight years um Oh man, what was it? One seventy. I don't remember what was it. It was twenty-two million a year. What his deal with the Cubs? So that he was the Cubs released him um, in at the end of twenty twenty-two. So the Dodgers signed him to a minor league deal, and made the team. So he made the minimum for the Dodgers, and he got like the, the remainder of his twenty-two million uh, from the Cubs. So. Uh, then now, so now he's a free agent, and the Dodgers re-sign him. Uh, the reported deal is just a straight nine million um, for one year. Um, so that's where he's at. Like he's sort of of all the Dodgers free agents outside of like Kershaw, right? Who's a special case. He was like the most likely, I thought, to to return, just because. It seemed like, aside from he had like his best year in in a long time, and he was healthy and productive. He was good defensively. He was good offensively. Uh, they basically used him in a platoon role. He he did never he did not start once against lefties, um, and him being in right field, I guess it's the way of how do you, which way do you want to say it? Like Mookie Betts playing more second base opened up. Uh, allowed Hayward to play right field where he's very good defensively. And the fact that Mookie Betts is also good defensively at second in addition to right field, like it shows Mookie Betts versatility, but also like having that sort of uh, uh, that sort of uh, safety blanket, I guess, back is good. But also Hayward, as we mentioned before, like I would say, I was thinking about this recently. Uh, He's he's in that like Chase Utley level of beloved in the clubhouse, I think already. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, you know, obviously there was spring training, but two weeks into the regular season is Jackie Robinson Day. The Dodgers, like all the players in full uniform, before like three hours before the game, they go out to the statue in center field of Jackie Robinson, and and even the Cubs who were they were playing, they they went out too, 
who spoke at, in, at the thing besides Dave Roberts, but uh, Jason Hayward, you know, new guy to the team when they clinched the division before the celebration happened in Seattle in the clubhouse, who, who um, addressed the team? Veterans, Miguel Rojas in his first year back with the team and Jason Hayward. Like, so he is, his stature precedes himself. Like he's, he is literally, uh, and he's, he's like one of Freddie Freeman's best friend, like especially in baseball. Like they were, you know, I think he was groomsman in uh, Freeman's wedding. Uh, they've known each other since they were uh, drafted by the Braves in the same year and played forever, or a few years in the minors together. Um, so, like Mookie Betts loves him. Uh, Hayward, so, like, it, it was like a you, you sort of thought that was going to happen, that he was going to come back. Um, so, when, so before, let's rewind a little bit since it's been a little bit. We, since we have talked, there was like the, um, the non-tender deadline, the Dodgers did not. It's such a this like a what triple negative. The Dodgers did not not tender anyone. <laughs> like um, <laughs> they tendered so, them all. How about that? Yeah, that, that's right. Um, kind of an so, interesting verb. Yeah. So last year, yeah, I, I always find it weird writing about that. I try to say, I'll just say they, you know, they tendered contracts to instead of, and then you know, rather than, although you know, like last year they they did non. Or, I believe. Yeah, the Dodgers don't. Dodgers did not ten, tender um, Cody Bellinger contractors, rather than Dodgers not. Ten, I guess that's the shorthand. But I don't know. Getting into the weeds here, but um, so one uh, uh, minor leaguer during the year uh, who we've already had our uh, season review up. We're, we're a little over halfway done at True Blue LA. Uh, uh, of one per day uh, season review of a player. There's 70 total. We're nearing 40 now uh done ricky venasco was one of those the dodgers traded for him in um june from the rangers he was on the 40 man for about a month and then they sent him outright to the minors and he did really well in double a AA and triple a down the stretch he was hitting like 96 uh near the end with oklahoma city uh really good uh, he switched to relief full-time um after starting for most of his minor league career Really good results, but then at the end of the year, uh, he was a minor league free agent because he had he's been in the minors for seven years. Um, I was a little surprised at the time that the Dodgers did not just add him to the forty man. Like, uh, you know, there's the date where uh, you add like prospects to the forty man to protect them from the Rule Five draft. Mm-hmm. This was before that because he's he became a free agent like a, about a week before that. But then they just resigned him like with that same week, like to a. Uh, you know, a new deal, but he, he like, he hasn't pitched in the majors yet, but good, like young pitcher potential, um, you know, sort of relief person, you know, going forward. Um, so that's interesting. Um, they did add, um, Landon Knack and Nick Frasso sort of two more of the, this group of like, um, talented young pitchers. Like those two were part of the, the double a uh, Tulsa rotation to start the year that I believe uh, Andrew Friedman, he said it's the most talented like pitching staff he's ever seen, like in the minors. And um, they're just, you know, added to the pile of like really exciting um, sort of younger pitchers who the Dodgers have like as depth. Now we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about how uh, the top of that depth chart needs to be sort of augmented this, this off season. But like, yeah, those are two exciting arms. Um, 
and, and the tender deadline is essentially uh, sort of used as a soft deadline to try to figure out what you're going to do with players who are like arbitration eligible because like younger uh, players for the most part like you either going to keep them or you're not like but if someone's coming up on arbitration and you're like well I don't I don't know if we want to pay him what he might get in arbitration or something they might consider non-tender and you might use that deadline to be like hey if we don't come to a deal we're just going to non-tender you or whatever and so I'm not saying this was the case, but they did reach a contract with Yancy Almonte, who was coming up on arbitration. Um, I know there was differing reports, um, but MLB trade rumors had him projected as 1.9 million this this coming year. He made one and a half in 2023, and he signed for 1.9 million. So uh, that's that's what he got. So one one less arbitration hearing to go. Um, they also added a catcher, Hunter Fiducia, to the 40-man. Um, I'll talk about him a little bit later. But basically, with all those moves, um, and then once Hayward is signed, the Dodgers will have a full 40-man roster, and they still have work to do. So it, it makes this, like, uh, not not just the winter meetings, but it makes, like, the rest of the offseason a, a lot more interesting. Like, because now it's, like, every move – has to have a corresponding move. Now, some of that is going to be like, we'll talk about it. Some of that is going to, because some of the pitchers who are available might be available via trade. So you end up trading some of those 40-man, guys on the 40-man to open spots for guys you sign or trade. Um, but then there's also like so, sort of guys at the lower end who might get like designated for assignment. But it, it just makes it a little more interesting. But they do have a full 40-man roster, but also like an incomplete one. So... It's going to make for an interesting, like, you know, next few months, I think. Are you ready to talk about Shohei Otani yet? Uh, almost. So he's <laughs> one of the guys who, uh, you know, should the Dodgers sign, they would have to create a 40 minutes. But I think they'll find a way uh, to, to, to make that. <laughs> I don't know. Make room for him. <laughs> there. Uh, so, but to, just to, uh, you know, since you brought up Shohei Otani, we will talk about pitching needs. Now, he's not going to pitch in 2024. Now, going forward, he he might, might, probably will. Um, but we're talk, since we're talking hitters, I wanted to bring up something about the 40-man. So they have 40 players on the 40-man once Hayward's in. That includes 17 position players. Now, keep in mind, uh, the, the way the roster limits, you can't carry more than 13 pitchers. So that means you'll always have 13 position players active, right? So of those 17 position players right now, the Dodgers have Diego Cartaya, who was very bad in double A. Uh, he's still a prospect, still young. Like not, his future is not like done, but I I don't think he is thought of as someone who's going to help in the majors this year uh, in 2024. He might like play his way into that eventually, but certainly not someone you can count on. Um, you also have Hunter Fiducio, who again is going to come up in our trivia question uh, indirectly shortly, but he's the third catcher on the 40 man. And like, they're not going to carry three catchers, like, at a, you know, at times. So, like, he's that's 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 two spots. You have Yorbit Vivas, who uh, had a good enough year in double A um, infielder. Um, he's a lefty uh, with the, the sort of normal platoon splits where it doesn't really hit lefties too well. But like made his way to AAA at the end of the year, struggled a little bit in AAA. But like he's at least 
maybe going to help at some point, but I I wouldn't put him in the like for sure going to contribute um, in the majors in 2024. Um, and then you have Andy Pajes, who uh, was on the same tra- track as uh, Johnny DeLuca, is also a couple years younger than Johnny DeLuca. Both outfielders both got promoted to from AA to AAA in mid-May. Uh, DeLuca, within like three weeks, was in the majors because Trace Thompson uh, injured himself. DeLuca ended up ha- doing some good work for a couple months, you know, as a sort of reserve outfielder. Um, <coughs> Pajes, uh, in his first game in AAA, um, uh, injured his shoulder, had tore his labrum, had, had surgery out for the year. So like Pajes is going to start in AAA, going to contribute at some point. I would, I would say, you know, you again, can't necessarily count on him, but just putting those guys, Pajes, Vivas, Vargas, and Fiducia in the like not contributing right away camp. That means you only have 13 like right now major leaguers, but that includes Miguel Vargas, Michael Bush, and Johnny DeLuca. Now, I would argue um, that there's no chance in hell all three of those are going to be on the active roster uh, right away to start the season. Like, or at least, unless, you know, unless, you know, injuries happen in spring training or something. But like, so I think they're very clearly going to still add. Um, position players they have to sort of figure out you know now obviously we you know Otani could be one of those like it's how they do it right like do if you add Otani he's your DH and then it but or you could if you don't get Otani they might add another starting ish level player and then you maneuver around where Max Muncy DH is more then you figure it out but like I I think they're very clearly going to add at least one more position player um, if not two. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's where we're at. I just wanted to sort of point that out about the and 49. It's, and it's, it's going to be, this, this has felt like the shoe that's going to drop for like two off seasons in a row. Last one was really the one that fair or not was seemed to be telegraphing. Like we're waiting for Shohei. Um, uh, but j- just like waiting for a lot of money, a lot of money to come off the books. They have a ton of money to play with. And it's it's the the roster as as mentioned feels a little imbalanced with a lot of young arms and no <laughs> real steady arm. Uh, right. th- this could just be such a we oh they we, they're gonna you know they're gonna add on a position player two and a bunch of starting pitchers and then all of a sudden the trades break loose and things look completely different one way or another. I'm I'm and that's kind of what I was hinting at the at the top of the show is this could be a very fun. Uh, refresh season <laughs> uh, during the winter meetings for Dodgers fan or not. It could just go. No, they do one deal. They get, you know, one starting pitcher and then drags off until January. I'd really hope not. I, when run, when winter meetings are fun, it's such a fun week. It's like NBA free agency the first day and all that. It just, it really, it really is because when it's, the, it's the one time of the off season, I think just because of the proximity of everyone, is that when there's actual like momentum, like when at least from experiencing the not necessarily to the deals themselves, but like, oh, breaking news is happening, that's exciting. Wait, another deal? Oh my god, like you know, like that kind of stuff happens. And if they sort of pile on each other, and plus, there, there's like runs, right? Like, so, uh, there hasn't been a ton of activity generally now. Okay, just to show you where the Dodgers are at, like pitching wise. Aaron Nola was like the first big 
uh, free agent to sign. I think to, still to this day, he's, he's the biggest to sign. Yeah. He's, he re-upped with Philadelphia, $172 million over seven years. Now, the Philadelphia Inquirer um, reported um, that uh, the Dodgers were heavily in on him. I believe the Braves were too, but they specifically mentioned – that the Dodgers' uh, offer was up to 165 million, so they 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 know what they need, right? Like they're in that that sort of pool. Um, but he just you know wanted to stay in Philadelphia, which is you know what happens, right? Um, but yeah, they're so they're clearly in that sort of range um, now. Like you, but like you said, like but but as to the starters now. They sort of have starting pitching. There have been like a, a good handful of starting pitching. Like, I think it there's either been six or seven starting pitcher deals. I might have lost track, but half of them basically are the Cardinals. <laughs> now, one like Lance Lynn, uh, and Kyle Gibson, like, were the first of the two, like, on the lower end. They each signed one year deals, uh, with the Cardinals, and the Cardinals were definitely in need of. Volume, I would say, even more so than the Dodgers, like in mm-hmm. that regard. Um, and then this uh, week, they also uh, added Sonny Gray, who was near the top of the, not quite at the top of the market, but they got him to like a three-year deal for like seventy-five million. That was a kind of a deal I kind of thought the Dodgers, yeah, would consider not necessarily for Gray, but like, I mean, maybe for Gray, but like. Um, He's also a little older, but like, you know, those are usually the kind of deals. Like, if you look um, at the, the, that's why another reason why this is going to be interesting, right? So, under the Andrew Friedman uh, regime in the Dodgers front office, um, they've only signed, uh, well, three pitcher contracts longer than three years. One of them was five years, 80 million for Kenley Jansen, who obviously, different scenario. Not only was he the closer, but also like the, the hometown, not you know, uh, homegrown. Uh, there was a there was a little more sentimental value there as well. Uh, but in terms of starting pitching, the the two um, deals longer than three years. Do you know who they are off your off the top of your head? I feel like I should because I've been you know refreshing news sites I'll, a bunch. I'll, I'll give you the first one, um, which was literally the first one was. Uh, Brandon McCarthy, four years, forty-eight million. Okay. Uh, for, uh, so, and then that's the next winter they signed uh, Scott Casimir for forty-eight million, but his over three years, so he's not one of the other guys. But <laughs> the other one uh, was Kenta Maeda, eight years, yeah, twenty-five million. His <laughs> with, that with like in, crazy incentives, yeah, and um, uh, and not not on the market anymore. Went to Detroit. Sad that, that would have been fun. So that was one of, a fun note this week because so he he signed with the the Tigers, two years, twenty four million. So his two major league contracts uh, guaranteed twenty five million and twenty four million, just slightly <laughs> different. I went back and looked. It's it's weird because the twenty twenty season mucks everything up because a it was a shortened season, so everything's prorated. But also, I'm not sure his so he, his contract you know guaranteed 25 million he also had up to like uh 10.15 million every single year in in incentives most on starts and innings uh there was also like 150 grand for making the opening day roster i went through and counted it up i think so outside of 2020 he is at uh like just over 50 million 
for those seven years. And I think depending on how the 2020 breaks out, he probably made between three and four million. So over that eight year deal, like again, the most like one of the most team friendly deals I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but he was also like his yeah, medical not, history was such where it's not the Wakefield where, deal, but it's pretty it ain't far yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So he ended up making around like fifty four million over the eight years. He he did that includes uh, when they traded him to the Twins. He got a million dollar bonus because he was traded. That that was the Dodgers have not done that, like. Uh, I think it's technically a policy, but they don't do like no trade clause. That's like a Stan Kasten thing, I think. But uh, they do include in their like $1 million bonus if traded or something like that, you know. So that kind of a thing. But um, so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, but, yeah, so so good for Maeda. But, yeah, so that's our, kind of how so, stuff goes sometimes. I think, oh, I think just today, maybe that's why it's, we're up to like seven now. Um, Luis Severino, who was like, kind of up and down for the Yankees. Like he signed a, I think $13 million one year deal with the Mets. So like there's been a lot of deals like that, you know, going on where um, I, although the Braves signed Reynaldo Lopez, who's been a reliever the last few years, but they signed him to like a three year, like $30 million deal. And I think they're going to use him as a starter. So like, you know, depending on, <laughs> depending on your list of available free agents, like adjust accordingly, but that's sort of where, where we're at in the pitching market, but there's still like names out there. Now I will say, um, I, I sort of made the, uh, a joke in one of our, um, MLB meetings at, uh, at SP nation. We were, I was like, I think all free agents, all free agents in major league baseball should use some form of the posting system to where there's a 45 day window. Once they start, um, and like so that way you know when like when they're gonna sign by because like you said the sometimes the the season just the off season just drags on you know there's like not a there's just not a lot of stuff happening like the weird one was what six years ago now uh, when Machado and um, Bryce Harper were free agents and they didn't sign until February like literally into spring training <laughs> and like. That was like a tipping point where the players are like, uh, "Is are is there collusion? Like, is why why is this not happening?" Um, so um, the big one at the top of the pitching market is uh, Yoshinobu um, uh, Yamamoto, um, and he he posted on uh, last week he has to sign by January fourth. And then there's two other Japanese pitchers, um, Shota Imanaga, and who? Oh, and then the other one is uh, Naoki Uesawa. Um, they are have to sign by January 11th. They're like a little bit lesser down. I've, I've seen Imanaga's name uh, on some like free agent rankings list. I haven't seen U- Uesawa's name, but like I prefer that style where you know when they're going to sign by <laughs> roughly. So. Um, just as a, as a note, like Yamamoto is, has won the, um, the Sawamura award for like the best starting pitcher in the Japanese, like the last three years, it's like sub two ERA every year. He's only 25. So like he is going to get a pretty big contract, you know, like, like top of the market type of a contract. Now it's, it's a question of like, is he going to get paid more than Blake Snell, who just won his second Cy Young award? Maybe not, but like, it's going to be up there, you know. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, and the, so 
some of the the names that Dodgers are going to be linked to, it's going to be like they're going to have to do a, a pitcher contract longer than three years, I think, to get you know for some <laughs> of these people. So we'll see. Now, obviously, Shohei Otani is a, is a separate case because he he does everything, not necessarily for twenty twenty four because he's not going to pitch. But um, I just want to bring up uh, because um, uh, Alden Gonzalez at ESPN had an article this week sort of outlining he's just like five potential contract types for Otani because I think he put like he's a unique player so he he probably deserves a unique contract or whatever like because it really there's so much mystery around Otani he has not spoken to media since August 9th I believe he didn't even after winning the MVP he didn't even do the the conference call and like that that caused a little bit of a flap, um, but um, I don't know. Like it's just weird. But it, one of the 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 styles of contract um, that uh, Alden Gonzalez noted was Chad Green of the Blue Jays, who was recovering from Tommy John surgery last off season. So I'm just going to read to you. Um, so this was Green's contract uh, last off season. So. Quote, after paying Green a salary of $2.25 million in 2023, the Blue Jays had a three-year, $27 million club option at their disposal, which they declined. Green then had a $6.25 million player option for 2024. He declined it as well, which gave the Blue Jays the option of exercising something near the middle valued at $20 million over two years, and that's what they did. So he had a convoluted option. I believe Michael Waka had a similar uh crazy pants deal with the Padres and then uh, both sides like declined their ends of that option so he's a free agent but um I generally am like I don't know what this contract is doing I don't know the reason for it but I kind of love it like in I I'm all for it in a in an insanely complicated contract um so you never know but um th- there's so much unknown like you don't you figure Otani's going to set some sort of a record, um, either in total value of a contract, he's only 29, um, or, and, or, uh, annual average annual value, right? Because like, uh, there's only three players with a, a average value of 40 million or more judge Aaron judge got 360 over nine years. Um, and then Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, each with the Mets, uh, signed short deals for forty-three and a third million per year. So, like, you figure Otani should make more than that mm-hmm. per year. Now it's just a question of how long the deal is, right? Like, and like, so I, I really have, you know, people have always thrown out like numbers forever, but they said like mookie betts was going to be the first 400 million dollar player it didn't happen he i mean he got 365 but it's also there's some um there's deferrals in that but um technically there hasn't been a 400 million dollar uh contract now mike trout technically did sign a like 426 million dollar deal deal but that he still had two years and 60 something million left on his old deal so it's not, you know, we're just talking about, that's an accounting trick, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, it wouldn't surprise me if Shohei Otani signed for like 500 plus million. Some of the like MLB trade rumors, um, I think ESPN, like 
they had him signing like 500. I was looking at, you know, various, like, or I think fan graphs, like various contract projections and they're like 10 years, 520, you know, it, it, I don't know what would surprise me with him. Cause there's just, I don't know how you value him. He's, he's one of one, like, you know, like it's really crazy. Like if you look, um, over the last three years now, obviously he's not going to pitch in 2024, but I think he has he has a 157 WRC plus uh, and a 151 ERA plus. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like what is? Oh, and his average now again not pitching in 2024, but he's I think he's averaged I think it's 25 starts and like 143 innings over the last three years. Now that's not like a ton, but when it's a guy who's hitting 40 home runs a year is doing that. And the Dodgers did not have a single starter make 25 starts or pitch 143 innings in 2023. So, you know, I'm just saying like he's a unique guy and he's worth uh, probably worth whatever he's going to get. So like that he now, and the thing is his name, he is like, he's kind of the guy who's driving a lot. So like, like you mentioned, like, right. If the Dodgers don't get him, do they try to bring back like JD Martinez and go with a full-time DH again? Or do they just go in another area? Now other teams are going to be in on him. Like how do they pivot? Like, so there's like people waiting, uh, maybe even like Cody Bellinger, right? It's a very thin market for hitters on the, uh, for free agents. Cody Bellinger might be the top outside of Otani. So like, is he waiting for like, um, like the Yankees to not get Shohei Otani or something? Or like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of thinkers are kind of waiting on Otani, but like you just don't really know. And you know, as I had kind of hinted at, free agents are the only way this could happen, right? Uh, yeah. Been a while since like a nice juicy blockbuster, real one it's been has. Been a while. Uh, yeah. And you know, by that whatever four years, but uh, you know, I think we're due. I think we're due. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a couple avenues here, right? Like. So, oh, okay. Speaking of convoluted contracts, just before we get into the trades, um, it'll it'll sort of lead into why one of these players is available. But Brandon Woodruff uh, had had shoulder had shoulder surgery. He's going to miss probably the entire twenty twenty four season. He was among the non tenders uh, on the non tender deadline by the Brewers. Um, so he's and of course when that happened, like I'm thinking, everyone's thinking like. Oh, someone's gonna sign him to like a two-year deal because he he would have been a he was one more year of arb than free agency, so someone's gonna do the the Tommy Canely, um, the uh, Blake Trinan, uh, I believe uh, the signing to multi-year deal, hoping it com- works on the back end, but like maybe a lower salary in the first year, but bigger salary in the second year. You know, he rehabs for you and then pitches for you in 2025 or whatever. So obviously that, but Woodruff's uh, unavailability and now he's not even on the team is, and not to mention like Craig council jumping ship. Now the rumors were, I, I mean, he got 40 million from the Cubs, right? So like that, that's the main reason why he left. But I think one of the reasons like that he didn't want to stay in Milwaukee, I think was rumored that he was unconvinced, I guess, maybe that the Brewers were going to continue to spend a ton or maybe not enough to, like, <clears throat> you know, continuously contend. And now they have another a player in um, Corbin Burns who 
is ahead of Brandon Woodruff on the depth chart, well, especially so now because Woodruff's not on the team. But like Burns won a Cy Young in 2021. He's like one of the best pitchers in baseball. And they, I've I've seen interviews with Burns where he was like, they basically know he's he's done after this year. Or he's a free agent after this year because the Brewers have like, look, we're not gonna. He said basically the Brewers told him. Now they're not just going to make him like a low ball offer. Like they already like pissed him off in arbitration last year. They, it was a very like contentious process and like they fought him and like over like a very small gain. And he was very outspoken about it, like in spring training and about how the process, it was terrible. And um, so I think he knows he's going to be gone. Now it's a matter of like, how much are the brewers in on this year? They still have like a, a good, reasonable like team, I think. But when do they decide to pull the plug? Now, do they go into the year and he's a he's a trade deadline guy, mm-hmm. or do they they look at offers now and go, well, this could set us up nicely for you know long term going forward? Because I I think this is also where it um, comes in. Now, I don't know specifically if this particular thing is a fit, but like the Dodgers have been linked to Willie Adamas before uh, their shortstop. But, like, you could see a situation where if they traded for Corbin Burns, they also get a position player in the deal, like, to, to do the, you know, we're adding guy. And in some in a deal like that, you're probably going to have to give up two of the young pitchers who are on the 40-man, you know, and then, you know, maybe someone else, like, a you know, one of the Bush-Vargas group, you know, that, that kind of a thing. So, like, that's how you sort of can maneuver – uh, 40-man stuff, but I would imagine he's in the offing now. Maybe a more immediate uh, available player is Dylan Cease. Um, not as good as Cor- Corbin Burns, I think, but um, he was second in Cy Young in 2022. Um, didn't have as good of a year this year, but he has also been durable. Um, he's with the White Sox now. The White Sox are a mess. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that's where you just sort of pounce on there now. Uh, that's something that, that, you know, maybe a more feasible deal. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are probably like the two like trade, uh, candidates I, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like th- those are just sort of, those are just, you know, one of the bevy of options. You never know what's going to sort of come up, I guess. I just, I, and it starts Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, I think the I think the the only really thing happening Sunday besides people like arriving, they will announce like the Veterans Committee Hall of Fame results. Um, I was looking up uh, one of the available pitchers, uh, Seth Lugo. He also had a um, a deal with the Padres last year, but his. He just had a straight player option. I thought I thought for a second he might have had another convoluted option or something that just never came to fruition. But he just had a normal player option, so eh, just normal. <laughs> Ugh, anyway. Boring. Yeah, what a boring. <laughs> I want a complicated deal, damn it. I don't know. <sighs> well, you know, uh, uh, man, I tried. To, I was try, trying to think of a really funny, self-deprecating way to transition to a trivia question. And I couldn't come up with it, so uh, it, it it didn't catch on. Is that what you're saying? You yeah, there we, yeah. there we go. Yeah, um, so we mentioned Hunter Verdusha. He's uh, been in AAA the last year plus. Um, 
lefty hitter, good plate discipline. He's the third catcher on the 40-man now. So the last couple of years, they after they traded um, Caber Ruiz um, in the Scherzer-Trey Turner deal, the Dodgers didn't really have a, a, a standby third catcher on the 40-man, so they've used like some veteran guys the last couple years. Not going to say how many. Um, but um, when, when something came up. But for the most part, Will Smith and Austin Barnes have been very durable. So my question to you is um, since the start of 2020, the Dodgers have played 583 games, counting both the regular season and postseason. How many of those games featured a starting catcher not named Will Smith or Austin Barnes? Oh, I hate this question. <laughs> I've been thinking about it all day, but I'm going to commit to an answer after this. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Introducing Batiste's wet-activated and touch-activated dry shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste dry shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. Of 583 possible starts, how many were started by someone as catcher, at catcher, not named Will Smith or Austin Barnes? That, that right. I was trying to remember, like, and see how many names I could remember uh, that would have gotten starts. And I know I'm missing at least two veterans, if not, if not more of the veteran starts. And I just can't. The names can't come to me. Uh, then, and then I remember uh, the wonderful Travis Darno era. And um, and then uh, Keeper Rees getting a few starts. So I'm guessing the number is 
28. Um, okay, you're not close. <laughs> it's a seven. Oh, man. Uh, so what's funny is when I read my first, my gut number was 10. I was like, 10. Yeah. No, there have to like, because the thing is, like, I think what I probably why I inflated it was remembering that they're, oh, yeah, they brought on someone so and so. But that person didn't have to get a start. Right. They could have been yeah. on and they, you know, stretched whomever was actually healthy out long enough. So. Darno was on the Dodgers 40 man for less than a week. He was active, I believe, for one game. He pinch hit. Uh, he did not catch uh, during the. There's only three catchers, uh, w- uh, none in 2021. Um, Caber we started twice in 2020 and uh, hit a home run in his first major league at bat in Anaheim. Um, 2022, the veteran du jour called up from AAA and then designated for assignment once I believe Austin Barnes was on the the uh, family emergency list for a weekend in Kansas City. In Kansas City, you met, you went you could have went to see <laughs> Tony Walters catch his one game. Um, so and then this last year when Will Smith was on the concussion Wait, I IL, might have. Yeah. Oh yeah. In fact here let me let me tell you the game. Um, do you remember which games it was a it was a weekend series. So uh, do you remember which games you went to? Uh, I went. If it's the series I'm thinking of, they won the first two games and lost the s- Sunday game. That's right. I went to the f- wins. Okay, so you didn't see Walter's catch because okay. he caught Sunday. <laughs> um, he did play at second base on Saturday because he pinch hit late. The Dodgers won thirteen to three, and he he uh, the last inning the the last two innings on defense, or maybe last one inning on defense. Um, no, it would have been two innings, uh, second base. So, um, I believe you. That was uh, he has not played in the majors since. So, you, possibly you you saw Tony Walters last. Well, you didn't see Sunday, so maybe not. Yeah, yeah this I, year I saw it from a sports bar in Lawrence. It was it was hot that day. Not as hot okay. as uh, the the following season. The Sunday yeah. game was just absolutely no way going to do it. But I remember going like it just was seemed unpleasant. And then, you know, as we go watch them get destroyed, I was like, this is a much better place to do this. <laughs> Did that sports bar have any Dr. Pepper? <laughs> no, no, this is food. this is uh, Jefferson's, food. the Joel Embiid approved oh, hot wing nice. joint. I, I believe I just said feud instead of food, by the way. Um, but uh, the other this year, Austin wins. Uh, was the fill-in when Will Smith had a concussion. He did. He stuck around for a couple weeks or a week and a half. Started four games behind the plate, so that's it. Ninety-eight point eight percent of starts uh, by Will Smith and Austin Barnes. <laughs> Amazingly, uh, you know, I would say, you know, very reliable. I would, uh, you know, they're available. <laughs> that's 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 what's, even this year. Like uh, maybe you know, he, Will Smith broke a rib and was slumping for a long time. Like. You know, maybe sit down. It's okay to sit for one, <laughs> every once in a while. Like, I don't know. All right. Well, it's my turn to table yeah, okay. the turns. Oh, what? Oh, you I was so, just oh. Saying, I, I'm ready to eat some <laughs> eat some crow. I, I think bad. I think I think you'll do okay uh, because it's time for with Jens and Craig. We love them. Questions, Craig, is what it's time for. It's been a while, but just to remind you, Eric, we start off with four trivia questions for you. I want to let you know that I was bored, so I fed these questions um, to ChatGPT, 
And uh, so the intro is with a few days left in the month. This week's trivia question concerns uh, Dodgers born in the month of November. Can Eric guess these Jacob era, the wild card era, 11th month birthday boys in blue with the help of a few clues? Um, yeah. So the clues I, I, leave I, out that context. So I reworded them a little bit. <clears throat> and I want to let you know, ChatGPT got the first two on the money okay. and they uh, royally screwed up the last two. I hope to never know what that is. Um, but <sighs> you're, you're, I, I have to tell you it's coming to all of our jobs. So. Yeah, I, I, I know that. I just, I want to be surprised when the Reaper comes. And um, no, I, I will say I did not look at, you know, I'm a cut and paste guy and I, I will say I maybe read the least amount of question, uh, any words in any of these questions this week. So I, I literally don't really know what's coming. So this is going to be fun. All right. The first question that the robot got right. This current Dodger has one career save with 3.22, uh, with a 3.22 ERA and one postseason win. Can Eric name this player? Current Dodger with one career save. Wow. Okay. Um. What? Um. So, the one career save is tripping me up here for some reason. Um. Uh, now, nope. Wouldn't have been him. Okay, wait a minute. No, that's not true either. Okay, this is interesting because the the Dodgers in the last two years have only won one postseason game, and I believe, I believe, Julio Urias got the win in Game One of the twenty twenty two NLDS, which I believe was saved by Chris Martin, uh, who's not a current Dodger. Um, I'm just I'm talking my but my way of saying it's someone whose postseason win came in 2021 oh yeah victor gonzalez there you go yeah so his his postseason win was game six yeah. in 2020 <laughs> pretty yeah. notable win yeah <laughs> that, that it just took me a long way to get to that but I, I was my that was my logic of it like going backward yeah this player has the second highest ops plus with a minimum of 1000 plate appearances of all dodgers since 1995 also named the two all-star teams. Eric, who is this November birthday Dodger? Now, okay, okay. Um, uh, this is Justin Turner. It is not Justin Turner. I have to pull up my cheat sheet. I'm pretty sure I remember. but Okay. But it's not uh, Justin Turner. I know that. Oh, and that, okay, since 95. It's um, Gary Sheffield. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I, yeah. I let you know that. Uh, uh, so the next two questions, as I mentioned, the robot struggled. The first, this one, it just didn't, didn't. It, yeah. It failed royally. It had all had all the info it needed. Couldn't do it. Uh, the pitcher, this pitcher, led the National League in games pitched in consecutive seasons. His Dodger career, one hundred and seventy-seven ERA plus, um, with a minimum of one hundred innings pitched. Is third for all pitchers since 1995. Eric, name this pitcher. So the one that immediately came to mind is the one I'm going to go with is is was a definite stalwart in the in the bullpen, and I believe the short time with the Dodgers lends itself to this. So I think it has to be Paul Quantrill. It is in fact Paul Quantrill. Yeah, 
Nice. Take that, AI. Chat GPT. <laughs> now, this one, I, this is... I don't think this question is sufficiently penned is what i will say oh, okay that's yeah. a that's jeopardy parlance for yeah. i think there's probably more than one answer to this uh, sure uh, it's a feel question is what, but is what it seems uh like. well yeah. i'll just say it as is this player played for two pennant winning dodger teams and mm-hmm. was a key acquisition during the hot stove season hot stove season not hot stove steven <laughs> that's, that's, yeah um that could okay be your so, new nickname so here, so and this is Jake. These are Jacob era people, right? So yeah, wild card. So if you're if you're a member of two pennant winning Dodger teams, that's <laughs> it's in the two, 2017 to 2020. And if you're only a member of two of those, that leaves uh, two possibilities. And I have no idea when either player was born, um, but I will say no. You know what? I think the other one was 2018. So I'm going to say Chase Utley. Nope. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> 2017, 2018, um, that, that's, that's my premise of going for this. Um, so the only other name that came to mind and I, for some reason I thought he wasn't acquired till 2018, but I'm just going to say it anyway, David Freeze. Uh, no. Huh. Okay. Let me let me think through 2017. Details. You're you you're you're on the right track. I'm gonna yeah. let you gonna let you cook. Yeah. So I will say this. I was that was in my two week hospital stay during the trade deadline of 2017. Uh, and I was keeping track of stuff, you know, from my hospital bed. But that's when they did the the Rich Hill Rich Hill uh, Rich Hill trade, the U Darvish trade. Um, man, who else did they trade for? Um, oh God. Okay. Was a key acquisition. Wait. Okay. He's saying during the hot, I, for some reason, my head read that as like mid season pickup, but I, Craig is saying that as like the off season, right? Uh, hot stove season. This was off season. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, in that case. No, uh, no, because so the other weird thing about that is I think this is not an answer, but Logan Forsyth would qualify as a hot stove acquisition, but he was also traded during the 2018 season for Brian Dozier. Um, so I'm not going with him. Uh, oh God. Okay. Two pennant winning Dodger teams. Um, key player says Craig. Um, and, who in the world? So, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, this is terrible. Um, this is just awful. Uh, so, so Forsyth's at second. You have Corey Seager at short. You mm-hmm. have Justin Turner at third. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, oh, so Adrian Gonzalez and then Cody Bellinger at first. Mm-hmm. Um, There's one more then, position in the infield, Eric. No, but no, that what? Uh, no, there's not. Um, I mean, someone has to catch the ball. Yeah, but the, the that was Grandal and Austin Barnes. Yeah, and Yasmani Grandal was born in November, and was played for two. Uh, 
Man, if we're so yeah, the guy who Austin Barnes started over in most of the the World Series, like in in each year, Grandal, come on. Hey, you would you ChatGPT? It's, it's, it's a good it's a good question. Dear ChatGPT, like, criticize ang- this question. <laughs> I'm angry at this question. I'm not angry at Craig. I'm angry at society. Uh, um, all yeah. right, moving on to uh, somewhere. I have a web browser open. That's too many windows open. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Shohei Otani, hey, we haven't talked about him, is now a two-time unanimous AL MVP, and he is amongst the most unique players to ever play Major League Baseball. That said, with the state of Dodger roster, is he a good fit for 22? Yes. <laughs> yeah, unequivocally, yes. If he never pitches again, he's unequivocally great. He's a great fit for the 2029 Dodgers. Uh, he's a great fit. He I, is... They. I don't know why I was looking at this. I, mean, this, yeah. I swear this is going to tie back to this question and yeah. what you were getting at. It was some... I have to figure this out. It was like chess, baseball. I was Googling for baseball players who play chess. I know Joey Votto does, Manny Machado does, and I was like looking for something to like, you know, what, like what is the highest ELO of a, chess, of a baseball player ever? And yeah. then apparently on... Um, there was apparently in 2020 a uh, a Twitter thing that I missed on. I was probably off. I was mostly off of Twitter at that point, I think. Yeah. Um, that was in a hypothetical situation. If a game that went into extra innings was instead decided by a chess match, <laughs> uh, how much money would the best chess players in the world make? Was the question posed? Because, you know, okay. Is it better to try and get a good baseball playing chess? And then it's determined, no, that's too freaking hard. You literally would dedicate one of your roster spots to the dedicated chess player. To to Bobby Fischer, essentially. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) And so even if Shohei was like, sorry, our DH is taken up by uh, Max Bunsey, you can only pinch it. Still probably worth it. Maybe not with 50 million at that point. But, but. Uh, he's going to be a phenomenal hitter. And then whatever, you know, uh, he's too athletic and too dedicated to not be bring value uh, starting, maybe eventually a reliever, maybe in the outfield. Who knows? He's just going to be so valuable, so worth it. And then from the pure joy of baseball that he brings, you get to watch this player on your team, you know, very much similar in the same vein as Mookie. Like, absolutely. I don't care. Uh, no, There's no such thing as a positional unfit uh, for him. So I think you know what I didn't even think about till you you sort of brought this up as like an ancillary um, um, thing for him. Now he is like the lone guy who fits MLB's criteria for a two-way player when it comes to we mentioned roster limits before, where teams can only carry thirteen pitchers. However. Um, Shohei Otani can count as a two-way player. So a team could carry 13 pitchers in addition to Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. So, and given how the Dodgers churn through pitchers and before the 13-pitcher uh, maximum came in, they were routinely running rosters with 14 pitchers and 12 position players. If I think even if he does, I mean, now I think this year it would count because of last year's numbers. Now, whether you, I don't know if it, you'd get like special dispensation. I, maybe at a certain point in 2025, he would count 
as a two-way player once he starts pitching again, if he does. But like I'm saying for 2024 as a as a little extra loophole for someone who's not pitching, he allows you to carry 13 other pitchers. Um, although that doesn't that's not a Okay, I, I talked myself into that being an advantage. It's not an advantage because he's not pitching. So, like, you know well, what I mean? Like, yeah. But, yeah. But, but like, that that's going forward, I guess, yeah. For some reason, like, again, brainworms of the offseason, I, I was thinking that was a 2024 advantage. But going forward... That could be a huge, because you know they they love carrying fourteen pitchers. They would they would they would sell their souls to carry fourteen pitchers if they could. <laughs> and so, like, uh, I think that that is a an aspect of having him going forward available. Um, so yeah, but yeah, not twenty twenty four. But again, just imagine you're adding like at worst the third or fourth best hitter in baseball to your lineup. Like that's, that's Otani for 2024, right? Like, so yeah. Um, no question. They, they kind of, they don't have to sign him, but they very well should sign him. I think that's, that's, yeah. They have to feel kind of like, like, uh, you know, I'm sure they had Shohei as a post. Hey, if we have all this money, we can make a run Shohei. But like now that that's been the kind of the public drumbeat. If they don't get him, there's going to be this perhaps unearned disappointment and anger, but perhaps earned. I don't know. Yeah. Adrian Beltre is going to join Pedro Martinez and Mike Piazza as a, a third Hall of Famer who started their major league careers as Dodgers, but did not go into Cooperstown wearing a Dodger cap. We don't know that. <laughs> no, he, but yeah, he's not going. To. Right. I mean, it's Mariners, yeah. right? <laughs> Red Sox is one year. One year with the Red Sox. Good year, though. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, in Beltre's case, should the Dodgers uh, look into honoring him somehow when he gets elected? Yes. I they should have done should. Piazza. Yeah. Right. Now, so Piazza is a special thing because I think there's like a uh, a pissing contest. I yeah. just described it as that between both he and the team. Um, so. I think that has to be mended before anything would happen with him. I think Beltre should get honored. I think his number should be retired. I don't know if they're going to do that. Like, you know, I, I, I don't I, really I, can, have, I don't have a feel. Yeah, I can. Is what I'm saying. I get not retiring an, an, uh, his number. That's fine. But you have to honor him in some way. Um, yeah. Th- that's, that's for sure. Uh, anyways. Yeah. yeah. The, in, the NBA introduced a play-in for the last two spots in the playoffs and are now doing an in-season tournament where the winning team gets a trophy and the players all get uh, $500,000 apiece. Should MLB start looking at these examples as ways to help the regular season matter more to the general public? I don't care what you say, Eric. The Pacers, 4-0, going to have a home game for the in-play tournament. We're, it's a gr- the greatest thing the NBA's ever we're, done. We're both fans of 4-0 teams in the play-in tournament. <laughs> That are otherwise uh, we, kind of doing fine-ish, yeah, yeah, sort of. Exactly. Yeah. I. No, it has been. I, but the NBA has a very unique. Not. It's. It's more acute in the NBA to where, like, I don't want to say no one cares about the regular season, but kind of no one cares about the regular season. Like, baseball is not to that point yet. It is a very long season. The thing with with baseball, it's like every day. So like, I do. I do think something like that that could like gin up interest, even if it's like imaginary or like you know, sort There's of. There's a way to like 
Like, yeah. it, obviously, there are ways where that doesn't work. Uh, thing, the All Star Game mattering um, as an yeah. example, but I, I, like, it's, like put a little something on the line. That I think it would be fun, but you would you do have to do it the right way. And right, they they did like the players' weekend or whatever. Like the nicknames part yeah. was fun. The weird uniforms. No, the the game. I would even go so far now. It's 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 very that's very sm- a smaller scale. But even like the annual games in like London, um, Mexico, those are n- nice little things, right? To a point, like they're not. Oh, the the annual like they've had what two games at Field of Dreams, and they're going to Hinchcliffe Stadium in twenty twenty four. That stuff's cool. Like I think more stuff like that. But I'm just trying the the, the logistics. I don't know how it would work. So the NBA is is a little unique. So they essentially. If you like, look at the schedule because they these are all regular season games, but they essentially it's an eighty-two game season, and they scheduled eighty games for everybody, and then they're filling in the other two in this this coming like ten days or whatever, yeah. based on how teams did in the in the pool play or whatever. I I don't know how you logistically do that in baseball. Yeah. I mean, you could you probably could, but like it, it's it's a it's a little bit of a weird challenge. Like it's it's a thing where because there's series in baseball, like how do you do it? Like you know, like I don't know. Uh, it, it's just a very weird. I do I do sort of like the. I don't know if it's necessarily good, but like the the weirdness of it. Like where I think what was it the the Celtics were trying to run up the score (laughs) because they had to get a certain point differential to like advance. And then they like had to explain it because they were mad about running up the score. They were doing hack a hack a player. I forgot who the guy was getting fouled. Maybe he's Andre Drummond or something. But like, uh, that was funny to me. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but it was, I think it was just hilarious. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. Now the other thing is like, I think maybe something that would drum up more interest. Now, again, it's, it all comes down to my, so I think the way to do it is something like the NBA is doing to where you just use existing regular season games and make them somehow more important, right? right. Like, because I think w- one big way to drum up interest during the regular season, it would be to pause the regular season and play the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> but... I don't know if teams would want to do that. Like uh, they're already hesitant about their players playing in it anyway. You know, like like it's so it's a very weird thing. Um, and then there's the insurance thing, and so you don't want to make fake games to where it's a question of how do we insure this? How do te- you know? So I think you have to do it to where you're not putting extra burden. The players and the teams are still playing for like the same goal overall, like regular season wise. But maybe adding some some different thing. I I I literally don't know how how it happened. Maybe maybe it's like um maybe it's just a little bit of a longer tournament. Maybe it takes place over three months, where you have like two designated weekends um, for each of the first two months, and then you you base that's your pool play. And then you base like um, August, like you you clear a weekend like a weekend or two in August to like fill in the schedule. I, I have no idea how that would work, but like that's that's sort of how you would do it. I think if if you do it. 
Yeah, uh, something like that. I've been thinking about this because the NBA's big pitch is like, this is a thing we're taking from uh, European soccer leagues. It's a big hit there. But I think one reason why it does work, I think, really well in soccer, and it's the same, uh, and, you know, the NWSL also had it, also with soccer. But again, a big difference. Um, and depending on the cup, you know, the the Premier League teams will send the kind of like their their B team and get them reps there until it starts mattering. And then it kind of matters. Um, but the big difference is that the regular season is the, is the championship and it yeah. really, really matters. So this gives another way, another angle. But when it, you're just adding on more elimination tournaments on top of elimination tournaments, there's still this just kind of random factor. And as we've talked about before, I I. I get the delicate balance baseball has to play with, you know, getting more teams involved so that there's more teams excited to enter in the playoffs, but with also making 162 games mattering. And I do yeah. feel like we're on the wrong side of it right now, but not by much. And I hope they figure it out. Um, but just another another kind of chaotic tournament. Um, it'd be, it's probably fine, but maybe not the number one thing they could be doing, uh, like getting rid of blackouts. Yeah. Although, in a weird way, that could sort of be solving itself by in in the worst way possible. In that, uh, various teams, regional sports network are dying, and like they just keep going away. And then like MLB like assumes control, and then you have it. It's an easier process when like you know over half the league is like you don't have to worry about redoing a contract, but like you know, to to make stuff available locally now. I believe um, the Dodgers are going to, or at some point, they already have the you should to be able to stream games in market. Um, mm -hmm. You, if you're a Spectrum like customer or something, or or the, so I think they're close to being a thing where you could just there's going to be a thing where you could just do Dodger games. Now, honestly, like I've been I so I have I have Spectrum for cable and internet. And I've switched my mobile phone there because there's like a bundle deal or whatever. But like I would, I would look into. Wow, tell me about the money you're saving with Spectrum. Eric. That's right. Come on, um, get a yeah. new sponsor. I I, uh, I save that by being on, uh, calling their tech support because sometimes stuff does not work. But no, not uh, not with our friends at Spectrum. With no, not with the code I'm, three innings saved. While I'm eating my Farmer John, see we killed Farmer John for years after <laughs> they didn't sponsor us. They should have sponsored. That's what I'm saying. Spectrum sponsor us, so you can you won't go under. But no, um, I would I would strongly consider ditching cable if the, like the main reason I have Spectrum is to watch Dodger games for when they're on the road and stuff. Like uh, I would strongly consider ditching cable to and just do the you know the, the whatever the the in market Dodger packages. You know that the, like I would consider that like as an option. But yeah, I agree with you. Focus on the blackouts, then work on the tournament, and then we're, we're good. I'll be in New York for most of this week, and we'll probably have a few slices of pizza during my travels. From Sparrow? Are you, <laughs> you both fans of New York thin crust pizza? Yes. What are you about eating deep dish pizza with a knife and a fork? And is there anything wrong with having pizza being the star of a holiday meal? Pizza giving the star of every meal I ever have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. P even, um, if, even if pizza was an ancillary dish at a holiday meal, it's the star because it's yeah. pizza. And it's uh, I, I would say New York style is close to my favorite. I think my, I like 
on the thinner side that like yeah even for new york pizza on the thinner side uh but still definitely like it i love chicago pizza it's just not pizza it's 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 a different thing yeah it is but it's good it's it is really delicious good. i am not there's not a lot of places close to me that have like I don't have a go-to like if I'm craving a deep dish or something, so I haven't had one in a while. I've never um, really had a great one outside of Chicago. Okay, I'm sure that I'm sure they exist. I'm not saying like uh, you, it's the special water or whatever. Just I've never been impressed. But the ones I've had in Chicago have been delicious. Yeah, the I, I know what you're saying about the like the New York style thin crust. Like that is that is an excellent excellent pizza i've never had pizza in new york i will say but yeah i know of the style right you're yeah. exactly right but like um the i so you know i growing up i was more the chain guy i was it was domino's and pizza hut and that you know obviously and you know pizza hut thin and crispy an absolute all-star that's what i was gonna say that that was my favorite yep. growing, for a long time is their thin crust I've you know the the Domino's one is weird because it's essentially it's not cracker quite, it's like a it's, flatbread. I, I was gonna say cracker right, but it it really is a very different. It's not it's like a weird thing. Plus yeah. they cut it in squares like, um, but no Pizza Hut that thin crust like is very it's a very specific nostalgic taste that I still like enjoy. But yeah, like the being able to like you, you know there's places like did you. Did I go to? I went to um, the Pizzeria Bianco with Craig in. Um, I've in never Phoenix. been. I've that always wanted to go, good. and I just never, never made it there. There was also another place which I don't remember the name of that I also went to with Craig in Phoenix during spring training one year, and similar style deal where they obviously they have like the wood fired oven in house. The pizzas are delicious. They're great. They're like very thin. But also, the the crust like you could fold it, but it's also there's like a um, there's a, a crispness to it, which is it's that is if you get that like that is that's like heaven, right? It's it's great. Um, but yes, I agree with you. Pizza should be the star of every meal, um, including <laughs> breakfast. Um, and yeah, now uh, we're recording this too late. To like, yeah, to, to I mean, I I'm go, st either. I am still debating it, but yeah, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, no, I was thinking the um, I need to. I'm gonna get pizza tomorrow. Thank you, Craig. Um, but that's it. Uh, Are you going be... to call them using the cell phone brought to you by Spectrum? <laughs> that's right. I'm going to call them. Uh, I will say the uh, I switched. It's been I know it's been a year um, since I switched because. <laughs> Part of the deal when I switched was I got uh, free mobile service for a year, and I just got a notification that my mobile bill is due in, <laughs> in like three weeks. I was like, oh, it's over. No. Um, but no, uh, you know, this, we're back. That's what, that's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll probably record soonish, you know. Uh, once we'll do the like do yeah, something. winter meetings wrap up episode on our probably recording on our normal sort of more weekendish time frame. Yeah. Unless. You know, yeah, if a well, certain well, one, I can think of one player in particular. If he signs with yeah. the Dodgers, I might demand a uh, an emergency pod. Oh, and I don't. I I tweeted this. I've talked about this previously, but um, just my official Dodgers holiday wish list. I mean, I, obviously, we're not going to go 
to dip into it, like they should sign Otani, obviously. But my two things they need to do is sign uh, left-hander Will Smith and sign utility man, infielder, outfielder, Philip Evans. So they can have Evan Phillips and Philip Evans on the same <laughs> roster to go with both Will Smiths. And uh, 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 that what reminded me of that today was uh, Max Muncy, the younger, uh, was is a non-roster invitee in A's camp. So I am looking forward to February 25th because that's when the Dodgers play the A's at Camelback Ranch <laughs> in spring training. And we could see Max Muncy versus Max Muncy. <laughs> but you uh, can keep track of the winter meetings while you're listening to this podcast, probably uh, eating a pizza. You can you can eat a pizza with a knife and fork, even if it's thin crust. Do what you got to do. Just enjoy that pizza. And thank you for listening to the three-inning save. I'm Eric Steven. That's Jacob Birch. Uh, Brian Salvatore uh, is behind the scenes doing the ones and twos, probably eating a pizza himself while editing because he's, <laughs> he's a multitasker. But, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, we will be back with you soon uh, once the Dodger, Dodgers sign and or trade for someone. We'll be here to talk about it. Thanks for listening, everybody.